Hey, welcome to the Etch Pulsecast. That was just it's literally like, what's going wow, into my head. That's... Something that makes us feel good. Selling a piece of Queen Victoria's wedding cake. Actually, how unique can you make that experience? eBay for millennials. Pictures of animals. I'm holding the mic like PJ and Duncan used to. So what is this? Oh, oh, oh. This week's episode features our very own Chris Robinson now. Chris describes himself as a social media guy and even an internet dingus, <laughs> which I think does himself a disservice by using those phrases. But anyway, um, Chris has uh, got a really interesting background. He's very uh, a very good generalist, and he uh, used to head up the digital team at Marshall's Amps. Uh, for the guitar players out there, you'll know who Marshall's Amps are. He's worked in a range of things from FMCG, music, advertising, B2B, and of course travel. Chris joined us to talk about social media mistrust, some of the things that are um, having a negative impact on uh, brands and organisations through the realms of social media. uh, We also talk about the impact of influencers. Enjoy. Hey, uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, We've got Chris Robinson with us today. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Very, very well indeed. It's a pleasure to have you here with me. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> pleasure to be here. It's been been a long time coming. It has, it has. So we've um, delayed Chris by a, a couple of weeks. I've kept keep moving calendar invites around for him, um, but now we have him down, tied down. It's more my fault than yours, isn't it? <laughs> so Chris, um, I think uh, Chris is sort of a bit of a, an enigma, I suppose. He, he, he covers a lot of bases. Best way to describe you, I suppose, mm. is probably the way you describe yourself as a, a social media guy. You said internet, yeah, internet, in, in, internet dingus. <laughs> yeah, like that, yeah. Um, yeah, social media <laughs> guy. Um, I, I would, I'd hate to use the the phrase a jack of all trades. Um, yeah. I've done a lot of work in organic social in the past, and I do a lot of work in paid social now. I know we've been speaking a little bit recently about trust in in social media mm. or, or mistrust, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah. Um, which I know is a, an area that you find very interesting. Absolutely. But I wanted to see if we could dig a little into it a little mm. bit and um, see what's happening. But since we, um, we're kind of focusing on the hospitality and leisure industry in terms of um, content at the moment, I was mm. wondering how you, um, how you think this, this mistrust issue is affecting brands and businesses that operate in this realm. I think in the hospitality industry... Um, there's a lot of use of influencers, which I don't think is inherently a bad thing. Mm. Um, I think influencers have a vital and important part and place in the marketing mix. Yeah. But again, there is a lot of issues with influencer marketing at the moment. Uh, I think I described it recently as as being in the toilet um, <laughs> because again, it's it's a bit of a wild west thing. You yeah. know, the, the the trust that people have in in influencers is at an all-time low because of how, um, you know, follow accounts and, you know, likes and comments can all be bought for pennies on the internet. Um, So I think think that, yeah, they they are an important thing for, um, you know, people in the hospitality and travel industry to to use. But I would just say, I suppose with with any sort of form of marketing, and certainly digital marketing, you you shouldn't just, you know, rely on one thing. Yeah, I've always thought there was a shelf life with influencers, really. Um, because I guess I suppose it gets to a point where they've been to a certain amount of places, but then they become yeah. known as an influencer, and instantly at that point, it's like 
okay, so the places you're going are, are paying for you. There's an exchange there. You're not going to say much bad about this place. So mm. how am I supposed to trust you? I mean, there's, there's so many different types of influencer, of course. There's, mm. there's people that aspire to be like the influencer, which is a whole different story altogether, really, I suppose. But Yeah, I think one of the things that we will start to see is a shift to more sort of micro and nano influencers. Yeah. Um, which people... That's like having like a smaller amount of A smaller of amount of... But... Yeah, a smaller amount of following more on a niche topic. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, you know, studies and you know, research pieces that that I've read online and in various publications have said that, you know, that the, the trust in those micro and nano influencers is, you know, significantly higher because it's a, you know, a smaller, more niche, more passionate sort of platform. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, um, was something that Stephen Bartlett, who's the CEO of Social Chain, said um, recently, he said that, um, you know, influencer marketing works when you've got a trusted authority on the subject with high reach. Mm. So that combination of, mm. of being a trusted authority on the subject that you're talking about, you know, whether that is travel, yeah. um, and, 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 but then also being able to bring in a, a high reach because you are a trusted author. It, it can work. It it's, does work. Yeah, no, I can see that working really well. It's a good way to leverage the expertise of mm. another person and their trust, as you're saying, their reputation. Um, but you, you don't. I suppose when you hear influence, you don't. You don't sort of instantly think those things. You sort of see young people mm. buying and consuming, and it's more about like a material goods or places they've been and things like that, which kind of makes me feel like there's, they don't really have that inherent expertise. Yeah, I think my aspect about my them. advice to um, a brand would be to find someone who is genuinely passionate about mm. that subject. So rather than looking for an influencer that, you know, you know, kind of ticks a few boxes or whatever, you know, yeah. they might be a, you know, fashion influencer or whatever it might be and you're going to put them in a hotel or something. Yeah. You know, it, it's better. It, you have to believe the endorsement. Yeah. If someone is going yeah. to a hotel and saying, I really like this place, you know, this is, you know, my favorite place to visit. Mm. I would definitely come back here again, regardless of whether or, they, or not they've got paid. Yeah. You know, you have to believe that endorsement. You have to Just, believe that, that connection. And it has to, you yeah. have to look at the brand that they're working with and the influencer and go, yeah, that fits each other's brand. It makes sense. I yeah. get why they've done it. Yeah. Do you think it might be a bit more difficult to see through like the, the buzz? Because you hear influencer and then your head's filled with all these certain things, negative mm. or positive connotations. But when you break it down to like what you said, it's almost like going back maybe 10 or 20 years ago where you have a respected chef promoting mm. a food item or a food stuff mm. or a service. You know, it's kind of back to that, but just taking that online, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. It's interesting. One, one of the things I was thinking was quite interesting as well is like um, platforms like Instagram and, uh, and Facebook, um, you know, even YouTube to an extent have got bad. There's 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 a danger of um this there's a there's a mental health risk associated with constantly being bombarded with pictures yeah. of people living their best yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and with the whole mistrust in the atmosphere at the moment, um, you could as an outsider link the two together. You know, if you see a brand using that and knowing that there's damaging, mm. that's something to watch out for as well, right? Yeah, I mean that's one of the things. Um that the head of Instagram, um, he, he, you know, he recently said that they are rolling out the, so they tested hiding likes on yes. uh, Instagram content yeah. in North America and Canada, I believe it was. And they're now saying that they're going to look at rolling that out globally because, you know, they've, 
they tested mm. it. They found that you know people were still using the platform as much as they were before, yeah. um, and it was a worthwhile test. And they're going to the, the roll that out. So, and the reason for doing that test was to limit the mental health impacts on um, on basically people sitting there and and you know uh, self doubting over the amount of likes and comments yeah. that they were getting on their own content. So, I think that from a creativity perspective, it's a really interesting thing because it just i think it will free people Mm. rather than sitting there going i'm just going to keep posting this same type of content you know um, because it gets loads of likes it's like well i want to talk about this as well and i want to talk about this and i want to post this i think you'll see i think it will help with authenticity yes because rather than people sitting there going well i have to do this type of content because it gets the likes and the likes is my currency and blah 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 (laughs) you'll have people sitting there saying no there is more to me than just selfies or pictures of animals or whatever it is that they are posting that there's there are there's so much more to people than Mm. than just one thing and removing likes in theory should free people up in terms of their creativity if they're not so focused on how that's going to perform and Mm. you know the likes Mm. you know and in i mean in turn i mean i suppose if if likes see i don't i don't know the mechanics but if likes are totally removed from the equation in all instances would that um that's gonna have an effect on what gets shown in, in front of certain people and you know it's gonna have an effect on uh yeah. the algorithm that's gonna put things at the top or things at the bottom yeah. but on the flip side i suppose it's like maybe there's a new whole new metric to be uh yeah mechanism absolutely. to be discovered and used. i think yeah um I've always seen things like likes as a vanity metric. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really hold much much value to, to me in, in my job. Um, things like, you know, uh, the percentage of a video that's been watched, video completion, you know, mm. all these things that can be tracked, you know, those are more valuable things. Mm. Um, and you can access these types of statistics in the back end of you know instagram business accounts Mm. and you know facebook analytics is getting you know better all the time and there's more instagram analytics Mm. that's being put into that as well i think those things link really well as well with them just looking at looking at things more holistically and using more qualitative uh, type of uh, uh, insight where looking at the entire journey rather than just you know if the video has gone through to the end that's a good sign but it also might mean that the person's not even at the screen whilst it's going on yeah and having like a bit of contextual insight and learning what parts of the content had an impact mm. um is is really really insightful and it'll steer people into creating the, the right stuff there's disparities in these sorts of ways to measure isn't there and it's mm. like looking at it things in, an, in a really joined up fashion will give brands and businesses a much more beneficial way to look at how they uh, create the next campaign or how they well yeah change i think them <clears throat> there's also a, a really interesting sort of school of thought on the whole topic of of measurement um, <laughs> yeah so we could go down that road well, uh, well just, just very briefly it's um there's a school of thought that says that if you know obviously everything on social media is measurable and that's fantastic and everything but the minute that you focus just on sort of efficiency and and what you're measuring you know you 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 mm. lose effectiveness if you're just focusing on efficiency if you're just focusing on yeah. how can i get more clicks for cheaper and all of that sort of thing do you lose effectiveness so again you know when you're looking at the whole instagram like sort of thing you remove likes and you're not sitting there constantly going do more of this content because it gets more likes 
Mm. You just do what what is right for you and what is mm. right for your brand and what is right, and in, and for an influencer as well to do what is right for them and to build mm. their personal brand and you know cover all the various areas that are important to them. Obviously, people will still have niches and and mm. you know those, those, that's really valuable as well. Certainly in the micro and nano influencer space. Yeah, we'll talk about that a little bit more the micro and nano influencer space because mm. I want to I want to talk about influencers a little bit more as well and. Uh, it's explain micro influences a little bit more um so and that nano influences you said so that's a yeah. new word for me I've, I've... <clears throat> excuse me um so micro influences it, it's not as small as it sounds yeah um, it sounds when, tiny <laughs> yeah we're, we're not talking about people with you know 20 followers or something like that yeah but the idea behind micro influencer is um someone who is focused on a specific niche with a smaller following. Um, and, and Nano Influencer takes it that step further from that as well. So it is right. an even more defined niche. Um, so it might be that someone is a... Um, a friend of mine, for example, is is an influencer, um, does a lot of content with her dog, but she wouldn't necessarily call herself like a dog influencer, but then you will have people who set up individual accounts for their dogs. Yes. That yeah. dog might then be... We have somebody might... in the studio that does that. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that dog might be, you know, okay. a, a micro-influencer. and. Okay. You know. So is the idea to sort of join them together in some fashion is to create a larger network of... Absolutely, yeah. It's something that um, a lot of the... Uh, a lot of beauty brands are actually doing a lot of, you know, mm. building these networks of micro and nano influencers that, mm. you know, with a smaller, more engaged following. I think that's the other thing as well is it's a smaller following. So it might yeah. be 2000 people, but they are super engaged. Yeah. And so they, their engagement rates are, you know, significantly higher on all of their okay. content. They're super passionate about what they're talking about. You know, in, in the beauty industry, for, for as an example, you might have a, a beauty influencer hundreds of thousands of followers, millions of followers or whatever, mm. you know, big mainstream influencer, a micro or nano influencer might only specifically talk about cruelty-free makeup. Yeah, okay. Or, or you know, natural makeup or, you know, things that you can get from Lush or whatever it might be. So it's going down a specific niche and they might have, you know, significantly less followers, but because they're focused on a particular niche that, mm. you know, there's there's a niche for everything and people will be interested in in all sorts i think that granularity is really important and yeah. i also think that um and this is just my point of view by the way um on hearing that but i think having that smaller amount of of followers means mm. there might be a more of a personal connection to um a, a nicer number there mm. um and more of an authentic sort of yeah experience all yeah, around I mean, really so global web global web index um did a survey in september of this year asking people about influencers mm. and what they what is most important for them mm. what is most important for users in in an influencer and only 11% of people said that the number of followers is an important quality in an influencer yeah and 11 and, and another 11% of people said that the number of likes and comments on posts is is an, an important quality in an influencer but mm. the most important thing 48 percent of people in that study said that trustworthiness is the yes. most important quality in an influencer i've got that statistic right here you <laughs> saved me from saying it at the end yeah. so, you see, when <laughs> but you, that's when, interesting isn't it because yeah uh, and that was i think it was like 18 to 64 year olds were yeah. surveyed as well yeah, yeah. if it's the, the big, same big survey. study yeah. yeah 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 trust about 48 percent yeah 
how many i think there were like maybe seven or eight questions that were asked so mm. they had like yeah. a, a series of things to choose from but um still very very interesting um i wanted to talk about um virtual influences and mm. where that fits in the bigger picture because i've got i'm in two minds about that um they're being used a lot with fashion brands yeah um and some of them are like you know that you can't tell it's it's not a human and sometimes it's obviously kind of cartoonish on per on purpose yeah. and stuff and it's all kind of pie in the sky at the moment in terms of behavior and what people think and how they will ad- adopt them um but i think there's something to be said in removing a lot of the fluff and creating a persona because it creates a different level of acceptance it's not a person they accept that it's not a person but there's it feels like a novelty at the moment right but i wonder where we're going with it and i wonder if see i don't know if that would ever fit with hospitality or or those Uh, kinds of i think it it has its it potentially has its place within fashion the issue that i have with it is how you build trust in something that's not real Mm. um you know but but perhaps maybe that's it's not a direct response to mistrust it's like perhaps it's not really a trust issue at all maybe it's Mm. is it just a novelty is this just a gimmick only time will tell only time will tell because i think i suppose when influencer marketing first sort of became a thing in the first place um people questioned well how how do i make money from this and is this a fad is it going to go away Mm. um I read something yesterday and it was a survey done with, because I love my surveys, uh, <laughs> it was a survey done with um, young girls at school age. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the details of the survey, but it basically, you know, 86% of the people that responded said that when they, the career that they wanted was to be an influencer. Right. So right. there is, <laughs> you know, a massive appetite for um for that work for that lifestyle or perceived mm. lifestyle um because obviously you know social media magnifies what is already being magnified something yeah. i heard s- saying um said a, a couple of weeks ago you know it is a very highlight real version of of your life yeah um so i mean it's for me i think it's it's interesting but also a bit scary that so many people see that as something that they they w- want to do mm. um because, uh, you know, from, from influencers that I've worked with in the past and that I know personally, it's not as glamorous as, as people might think. It's, you know, there's a significant amount yeah. of work and administration that goes on in the background. Yeah, bet, and, yeah. um, it's yeah, the same it's, old story almost, though, isn't it? Um, when we were young, we probably wanted to be rock stars or movie <laughs> stars, and you never really see what's behind the, uh, the yeah. screen, really, yeah. or behind the curtain and see what's yeah. going on. But I like to think, um, and this relates a little bit to what me and Harry spoke about last time, about the whole slow travel or slow living sort of movement, mm. which is just, it's definitely not a thing that's going to slow down, not with with, uh, with the rise of more eco-conscious, um, well, the climate of being mm. more eco-conscious and, and that search for authenticity and things and that search for for trust in big companies and the scrutiny of larger organizations com- you know companies and, and governments is driving us all towards looking for something that's um more community centric more local and i think it goes outside of hospitality industry into everything so 
learning about nano influencers I think is quite a positive move because that's almost getting down to that level where you're kind of breaking away from that sort of glitz and glamour of what it takes to be like a superstar influencer or a superstar brand ambassador. Mm. Maybe that's the way companies, maybe companies should be, you know, more and more interested in this because customers are becoming more and more sceptical. And it, maybe it's about supporting smaller networks of like-minded individuals because yeah. um, we've just, it's just exploded, hasn't it? It's just mm. so much noise and, 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 and importance placed on the amount of, as you say, likes and followers and things like that. But but there's no direct conversation. When it gets more and more and more put on a pedestal, there's less and less direct communication between two individuals or a group, a small group yeah. and another small group, which is almost integral to how we operate as human beings. I think there's a, a, a really crucial thing that um, brands and you know, even influencers sometimes forget at times is that it's called social media for a reason. The social. idea, the idea is, is that it's supposed to be social. <laughs> yeah, boy, yeah. Uh, the idea is, is that you know, we do talk to each other, we do communicate. Yeah. Um, so I think you know, uh, any brand, any influencer, to get the absolute very best, you've you've got to you've got to have a dialogue, you've got to have a conversation. I agree. There's, yeah. We run the risk of turning all of these channels into broadcast channels this is the um, thing it's it's with the rise of things like i mean it's still i still see it as fairly early days like um conversation conversational ui mm. um chat bots and and other things but i but i think that's where to some part it's probably going to be heading a little bit more because at the moment it's all about how many people are talking about you mm. Um, and that's you know that comes with an, an equity value for a brand, right? I mean, well, Facebook have done UI changes on yes. their own um, on their own desktop platforms and on the mobile platform as well. In the it, some of the testing that they've done on page posts is you, you'll see the like, you'll see the comment, whereas previously you would have the share button, mm. you now have a message button, so you can directly message that brand in Messenger or open a chat bot and mm. have a conversation there with them. Um, you know, one of Facebook's big things for, for this year and going into next year is about privacy. It's moving mm. com people moving conversations into private groups, into Messenger, into WhatsApp, yeah. uh, and developing those sort of tight-knit online communities there. Mm. You know, and, and that's a really interesting thing as well. It's something that... Is that... Is I, I, I'm, I'm also doing myself. I've, I see myself sharing less publicly yeah. but contributing more to private groups private individual communities that are about specific topics mm. so whether that's you know there's a couple of social media communities that i'm part of on on facebook that i get a lot of value from um, well, like, uh, yeah sorry go on. no i was just gonna say you know it's, <laughs> and it, like in personal sort of hobbies as well you know i'm big mm. into my football so there's yeah cer certain sort of you know football communities that i'm part of i play the guitar there's guitar mm. communities that i'm part of and you know, it's I get a lot of value from from those sort of private spaces where people talk about a particular topic than yeah. than the newsfeed. Yeah, I'm the same as as you. I think in many respects in the way that you're uh, utilizing small groups and mm. you know your interests are broad. You're going to look at in different places and you'll you'll fit that that group of people that are interested in one thing for a certain time. Yes. And, and another. Um, maybe maybe companies on an organizational level need to look at the the human networks and emulate some of that into the organizational 
aspect of how they operate a little bit so that they can actually reach because I, one of the one of the big things is probably like the amount of technical like there's a technical challenge probably isn't there to sort mm. of like okay yeah we need to speak to our customers more and we know we've got Barclays on Twitter and you can there's somebody else yeah. down the end you know you know ready to, ready to say something but the infrastructure at an organizational level to sort of I see. Yeah, I am struggling to know, say, know to say this, but it's no, almost it's like facilitating how, that. How yeah. do you, how do you do that? How do you resource well, that? Well, almost properly? mirror it, if you know yeah. what I mean. So if we if um, an organisation was to mirror, let's pretend that I am uh, the National Trust, right? Mm-hmm. And the National Trust does lots of different things. Mainly, you know, mainly it's about spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's buildings or whatever like that. But their audience are interested in lots and lots of different things and they'll be segmented by those interests and those networks will form around that that, that interest, right? So looking at all of those nodes, that side, do organisations perhaps need to mirror that their side so they can facilitate the conversation two-way at smaller nano-micro levels? Again, I think have being an authority on one particular subject is incredibly important in terms of building that trust yes so diversifying yourself um into sort of trying you can never please everyone and trying to please everyone is a is a is a a dangerous sort of road to try and go down um Um, so just before we finish uh i was gonna ask you another question um about especially about hotel um yeah hospitality businesses um like we know that the biggest sort of the biggest sort of business impact for them um their presence on social media is during discovery phase mm. i.e customer is finding out somewhere where to go yeah um and it's these these phases which are where they're probably going to get the most sort of uh, return on investment regarding their their social media spend, right? Yeah, I mean, I always look to to create and generate awareness of um, you know the proposition, the you know unique selling mm. points, the key features, all of that sort of stuff with with key audiences before we try and sell them anything. I think if we go in cold and it's sort of like you know book now buy now yeah. with with any brand you know especially in hospitality because it is a a more considered purchase you know you might have to book you know leave you might have to check with your partner or your family or whatever mm. it might be it's not something you traditionally just sit down and buy straight away so you know we do um a lot of work with with all of our hospitality clients of you know continuing that awareness phase continuing that um awareness of the area or awareness of the key features um before we do any any form of selling it's it's a really really crucial part it's a really crucial phase mm. um yeah um and also just uh, another point um and that you tell me if i'm wrong but my feeling is is that um there'll be some organizations and brands out there that are like yeah we are honest we do things in an honest way we choose honest influencers mm-hmm. um we we're quite transparent my feeling is um, there might be some businesses out there that, that are saying these things, but maybe they're falling into the trap of using methods that are seen as mistrust, untrustworthy because other brands and businesses have broken the trust by using those methods. Mm-hmm. Would there be any advice to these types of business? Do you see where I'm going? 
if you're talking about best practice, which is my least favorite <laughs> thing in the world. Well, then... this is be people falling victim potentially to best practice, yeah. I suppose. Uh, best practice is, is a phrase that I really don't like. Um, no, neither do I. Because it suggests a one-size-fits-all yeah. sort of approach. Um, I would say that you need to find best practice for yourself. You need to have a way in which that you know that works for you um and yeah. always be open-minded to, to testing because you will do something for a certain period of time and it might stop working one day mm. and even as many people say oh it's best practice to post instagram posts at 11 in the morning mm. well that might not be the case for you do you think that's something that companies like that might need to look a little bit more internally themselves and go actually what are, what are our values maybe Absolutely, revisit their yeah. branding their brand value and proposition and yeah. things like that yeah and then try and create a mechanic around that. Definitely, yeah. I think to create I think when you're looking at sort of trust and um, authenticity and all of that sort of thing at a brand level, mm. it's got to start from the top. It's got to start yeah. from you know what is your what what are your values? What's important to you? Yeah. You know what is you know what you built on? Yeah. And and that will will naturally trickle down. It's, yeah. You know, it's something that you know we're lucky in so d- in what we do in where we work. Yes, at, at Etch, we certainly you know, are. We, we do that, <laughs> which is fantastic, and we're lucky that we work with clients that have you know strong sets of values as well. Mm. I'm not going to name names. You know who you are. Sometimes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and sometimes they don't know themselves though. No, right? no. And actually, you dig and you go. Actually, you do. You yeah. guys have this common thread. Yeah. And there's an audience out there that has this common thread yeah. and tying two and two together. Yeah. I suppose, but I suppose it's quite quick to jump to the things like common. A common practice best practice mm. without having established that stuff before and that's quite a dangerous way to play the game right yeah yeah i'd agree well i think we'll um we'll end it there chris Thank i think we much. could we could i feel like we could go on and on and on for a long time um well i do anyway i'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying this conversation quite thoroughly um but yeah, I just want to say thanks. Thanks for coming back. Hope you'll come back again, maybe. Oh, well, in the absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Oh, that's not a problem at all. Oh. Right. Well, until next time, Chris. Goodbye. Thanks. Goodbye. Oh. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks for tuning into that podcast. Uh, please do leave comments, reviews, uh, ask any questions that you'd like on our social channels. Um, it's hello etch at Instagram um, and etch pulse at Instagram. Uh, Etch UK on Twitter, Hello Etch on Facebook, and just uh, search for Etch UK on LinkedIn and you should find us. Website is etchuk.com. Also, please do suggest a topic for us to cover and we'll surely endeavour to include it in one of our upcoming episodes. See you next time.